0: Anna Leigh is the founder of Vida Glow, a leading wellness brand specializing in ingestible beauty and marine collagen, building a multi-million dollar brand with only one product at launch and this is a story you just have to have to hear. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs about some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Anna Leigh. She is a champion of ingestible beauty with her brand, VidaGlow, bringing marine collagen to the forefront of the wellness space. After struggling with hair loss and discovering the magic of collagen on a trip to Japan, where it has been used for centuries, Anna found a mind-blowing difference in her health, appearance, and well-being. Determined to bring it to the market, she launched VitaGlow, which now offers both supplements and skincare, optimizing the skin on a cellular level and offering a direct link between gut health and skin health. I love the holistic nature of the brand too. Not only is it sustainable in its sourcing and formulation, it's also made with efficacy and fast-paced lifestyle in mind. Today, VitaGlow is a global leader in marine collagen supplementation, and I couldn't be more excited to sit down with the incredible founder behind it all. So Anna, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So I ask all my guests the same question. I'm going to ask you who in a nutshell is Anna?
1: I'm well I'm a mother. I'm a huge part of my identity. I have three toddlers uh, and I'm a wife. I'm a beauty lover and I think I'm a really glass half full kind of girl you know. I'm a big believer in mental rehearsals or creative visualization, quantum physics, that the mind is the matrix of all matter, you know, clarity, gratitude. And I, I think this is something that has really helped me in, in my life um, ever since I, I was, you know, in my early teenage years. That's a hard question. I mean, do a lot of people struggle with that question?
0: <laughs> it is, but you know, you've answered it pretty well. And I think that's the thing, there's no right or wrong, but it's just I love hearing people's like response. Some people respond with like the horoscope, some people, but I love what you did. It was perfect. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. I am. A um, yeah, oh, I'm Aquarius. Um, so I kind of want to go a little bit to the beginning. So, I know you said you're a beauty lover. Like, do you remember some of your first experiences with beauty growing up
1: yeah I mean I think that it's probably not very original and um, but my earliest memories with beauty were definitely watching uh, my mum get ready and you know my I was born in Brazil my mum's Brazilian and I think in Brazilian culture beauty is very strong as a it's a huge part of our identity and just watching the process of her you know, the smell of her perfume, her using her moisturizers, her creams, uh, her ritual of getting ready. And it's such a it's a tactile experience as I'm sure you know, with with products. And that that's, you know, sometimes when you get a, a, a whiff when you're somewhere and you get a whiff of a smell that takes you back to your childhood. So I think it was definitely my mum. And then she has instilled that love of beauty in my sister and I from a very young age, you know, Chips nail polish was always a big no-no and always being well presented. And and I think it started as a very young age. and I And I hope that I can recreate that with my my daughter she's two but I hope I can recreate that with her as well these memories oh that's amazing
0: so so I heard so you were born in Brazil and then you moved to Australia in São Paulo. So, what was it like? Uh, in, I mean, I've been to Brazil—absolutely one of my favourite countries. The 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 vibe, the people, the food. I mean, you have uh, the food is brigadeiro. So good. Oh my god! So so oh so, god, good. Good so good.
1: Oh my god! How good are brigadeiros?
0: So good. So tell me, like, just some of the good memories that you had growing up in Brazil.
1: You know, I, I I moved to Australia in 1994, and I was six years old. It was September 1994, just after my sixth birthday. So. I'm, I kind of feel like I'm Brazilian by heart, but I don't have... Uh, I, I didn't go to school there. I came here. I started kindergarten in Australia. And my parents, we we moved over in 1994. My dad had an opportunity. And my, and my parents really moved to Australia to give my sister and I an education opportunities that we would have never had had we stayed in Brazil. And I have, my memories of those times were quite, it was hard, you know, migrant parents, my mum didn't speak a word of English. She would, um, yeah, and she couldn't afford to really do English lessons or things like that at the time. So she would learn to speak English on play school and she would take us to swimming lessons and all the other mums would say, be careful, be careful. And she would go home and, and um, you know, look up in the in the translator book, you know, what does be careful mean? And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't. I don't have clear memories of living in Brazil, other than I have this memory. I think that's instilled in me of us being at the airport and my mum saying goodbye to her dad and crying and hugging before she got on this plane because my dad was already over here for about three months. And and I look at that now with three young children and I think, oh my gosh, imagine moving to a different country. In, in the complete unknown it wasn't like there was this great opportunity you know it was like starting from scratch in the complete unknown not speaking the language I mean it's amazing what parents do for their children and the sacrifices that they make.
0: No, So true and for me um, you know I love kind of hearing how people, uh, founders specifically, have created their own beauty journey and their own beauty brand. And for me, when I came across Vida Glow, um, I, I honestly was blown away by not only the beautiful packaging, but just the sort of... The space that you're hitting that is so important from understanding the holistic beauty within ingestible beauty, because um, a lot of you know a lot of people think it's very topical, but actually, for me, especially with Ayurveda, a lot of the things growing up was what you take in is just as important as what you you know put on. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about sort of how in 2014 you know you launched your brand? Was it a couple of years in the making? Was it like what was the few years before that looking like?
1: So I discovered collagen itself. I mean, today, Vida is so much more than a collagen brand, but we started sure. with one product, which was our original marine collagen. And it, I discovered it in Japan in 2012. And basically, what was interesting to me was, you know, I, I had suffered from quite significant hair loss and I had taken every hair, skin and nail supplement that I could think of that would help. And nothing really worked that I, that I, I mean, ingestible really wasn't really a thing in 2012, but it was more like hair, skin and nail Um, products that you take in a, you know, from a pharmacy or a chemist, for example. So what was interesting in Japan was that there was so, it was so readily available. I went to a gym and I was asked if I wanted a collagen water. I went to a restaurant and I asked if I wanted my soup infused with collagen. And honestly, I thought collagen was Botox. So I was like, sure, I'll have some (laughs) collagen. And I think for someone who was a beauty lover and had tried so many different things, I hadn't come across anything like this, um, a powder that blends clear into water that you can drink. And I was really interested because of my hair loss. And I had spoken to this pharmacist who explained that you know collagen supplementation had been around for such a long time. She had amazing skin, but all Japanese women have amazing skin. So you kind of take it with a, a grain of salt. And I thought, well, I've tried everything else. Why not try this and sat in the cupboard for a few weeks and it wasn't until you know my hair was clogging up the shower again that um my boyfriend who's now my husband and and my business partner was like Anna can you get the knife so we can unclog um the hair that's in the shower and I thought I better start taking this collagen and it was the odorless and tasteless there was no flavoring to it um and it was really Discovering a product by chance, I was 23 at the time, and it was the real, tangible, visible results that I personally saw from this product that made me incredibly curious. You know, why wasn't this more widely known? And it sparked the idea of learning. And I was a rookie, I was fresh out of uni, and I had this sort of, you know, belief in this product I don't know about personal belief but definitely belief in 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 the product and I thought well if this works for me then it must works for everybody and collagen I mean wasn't I mean today it's like a beauty buzzword you know it's almost like a commodity yeah. I feel like it's everywhere so it really wasn't like that in 2012 2013 when we started conceptualizing it and it was a hard sell, and I spent months <laughs> researching, educating myself on the science, and I really treated the research part of it like a uni project, like I would an essay or a piece of work, and mm. for university. And I found, and I loved research. To this day, I still love to research and to be prepared. And the clinical studies were really evident, and and there was enough to substantiate the validity, I suppose, of this product and the visible changes that I had personally seen. And I saw this gap in the market for an ingestible formulation. And that was really the inspiration to starting VitaGlo. It was my personal results. And I would say that now this has really set the foundation for how we show off as a brand, and that is, you know, creating really innovative products, first-to-market products that most importantly work, Yep. We, we, in terms of putting the business case together, that probably took about nine months of research, took about a year. And we launched on the 14th of, 13th of September, 2014. It was my wedding day. Hey, <laughs> that was <what>? not planned. <laughs> Kieran spent the entire day on the Shopify app.
0: No um, way! To, I love it. to
1: check if uh we had any sales and you know like with the Shopify app it's like the ding ding <laughs> that yeah. that sound that it make and I remember when it was after the ceremony thank goodness in the reception um and we got the first sale and it was a woman who well I won't mention her name but who, who still buys from us today and um you oh. kind of never really forget those kinds of moments so we've actually changed the Vita globe birthday so that it doesn't it ha- doesn't fall on our wedding anniversary every year
0: <laughs> that is so um, i mean i I love the fact that like even like the memories of the wedding day is, is, is resonating with one of the most also important days of your life, launching a business. That's just so exciting. But yeah, definitely a good idea to not have the anniversary, <laughs> wedding anniversary and birth
1: Every year anniversary. It's going to be a hard yeah.
0: balance. Do you work? Or do, yeah. do, you, do you take the day off? And
1: it's my hard. birthday's just a few days before as well. So uh, it's like a September's September a wild month for us. It's a wild month. <laughs> well, it's coming up very yeah.
0: soon. So that's exciting. Well, um, yeah. uh, and I would love to know a little bit about how the name came. To be and also like mm. we all know the, the the struggles of like naming, trademarking, etc. Was it like a quick name decision or was it like a lot of iterations?
1: So it's funny because uh, you know I, I'm really like I said at the start I'm a kind of a big believer in the law of attraction and I used and I I was born in Brazil. vida means life in Portuguese, and I've I've journaled and scrapbooked. Basically, since I was about twelve years old, and I always wanted to use the name Vida for my daughter's name if if I ever had a daughter and uh and so we used veda and then yeah the, I think they I can't remember where there were trademark issues, but we had to add another because I really just wanted to call it Vita but there was there must have been trademark issues, and so then we we added the glow to the end but it that worked really well for me because I think of it now, and I'm like veda glow life glow um and and that 's kind of what the products what I felt that the products gave me you know was this life glow and i and that 's what I wanted i mean it sounds so cliche now it sounds a bit cheesy, but that 's what I wanted to give people you know this experience I wanted people to I mean, to this day, I mean, I drive everybody in my office nuts because I gift it to to so many people because I know that if people are, if you are consistent with these products, not only do they work, they work in a really short amount of time. And and it's really easy to get hooked if you're consistent with supplementation.
0: No, exactly. It's so true. So, you know, one thing I love about a, when I scout your website and I always check reviews, you have a phenomenal five-star reviews. It was very hard to find a negative review which just means you're doing something right for sure but also I love the fact that you've got a bunch of clinicals and you mentioned that before and I think it's so important today for for anyone investing in new beauty products or in a regime or ritual they want to know you know definitely it's all great marketing and founder and people saying it's great but some data is important. And obviously, it's a bit of an investment. So what was your clinical strategy? Did you like start straight away? um, No, uh, I mean, we couldn't have
1: afforded it straight away. You know, Um, I think that that's really important that, you know, what we do in terms of our clinical studies and the amount of investment that goes into the clinical Mm -hmm. studies. I mean, last financial year, we spent over a million dollars in clinical studies you know, and and that's quite unique in the category as a whole because clinical studies are incredibly expensive. I mean, you know, the the studies can cost anywhere from fifty thousand dollars to you know, like we there was a study we, we, we did for Radiance and that was over, you know, it was close to two hundred thousand euros. So it's a really expensive um, thing to actually be able to do, and I think that that is something that we've we've done. When we have become successful and we have gotten the revenue to be able to justify just the expense, what we, what we did in the early days was really, I mean, starting from the beginning, everything we did ourselves, right? So Kieran and I, who's the CEO, he's my husband and uh, my business partner, and we, we were completely self-funded. Um, and we started this business together. We were just dating and it was basically a lot of Googling. So like I said, there was a lot of research into, hang on, what is, what is Marine Collagen? There was no other Marine Collagen brand in Australia at the time, but there were a lot in Asia. It wasn't a new um, supplement in, in the Asian market. There was nothing else like it in the West that I could see. But a lot of other brands had done clinical studies. I bought I bought textbooks on like fishpond.com. Um, I, you know, I Googled, I, I went through files, I looked at the physician's desk reference paper. There was just so much of my own research and and they were great brands um, that actually don't exist anymore that had commissioned their own studies in the beginning. So there was a lot of that in the beginning, but we were a startup, you know, we were like two kids in love with this crazy idea. There was no team, there was no resources and, and everything from, you know, developing the old packaging. And I, like, I mean, I cringe at, the packaging now (laughs) you know like the swirl that represented oh like honestly I mean you know you look at it now and it's kind of I mean one day I'll probably frame it but I I did it now you might you might
0: relaunch as an (laughs) exclusive limited edition packaging oh my
1: god (laughs) that's such a good idea (laughs) actually it's a really good idea An anniversary one yeah you should and and the yeah, the graphic designer that did it amy who did it with me you know we were both working in licensing at the time and and she was doing graphic designs for like apparel for disney and things and so you know all of that was actually done myself and a lot of the learning was and you know, it was ad hoc. Like, I mean, I spent the weekends at pharmacies or About Life or, you know, Whole Foods or um, the equivalent of like Whole Foods. It's About Life. It doesn't exist anymore in Australia, but it was like an organic grocery and with, you know, my little apron, with my little Vita Glow sticker and stopped to talk to anyone who was, anyone who was kind enough to stop to actually talk to me about and, and let me. And that was my practice run of me speaking to, you know, kind strangers about what is collagen, how does it work, what are the benefits, um, everything, everything from logistics, operations, sourcing, everything we did ourselves. And and I think the thing that we did really well before we really started investing heavily in clinical studies, once we started making money, um, yeah. was category education. Because, you know, we know the ingestible beauty category is booming. I mean, the category alone is set to be, you know, worth $217 billion and growing. I mean, collagen alone is, projected to be worth like 6.5 billion dollars by 2025 so this is a a booming category but it's still very much in its infancy in a lot of ways and there's still a lot of um skepticism you know does this work is it pseudoscience um what are the science behind it that's why we've really gone hard with our clinical studies is, is in order to really pave the way for education and and not only uh, increasing brand awareness, but most importantly, I see us, I see Vita Glow as, as a category builder, and mm. and that's really important because so much of the education that we have to do, whether it's, you know, when we started, we were direct to consumer mainly on Shopify, and as we grew into retailers, you know, I'm we still we are educating the team, we're educating the floor staff, having an education app um, available to all our retailers, you know, pre- doing presentations of because it's so different to a serum or a moisturiser. This is something that you put into your body and that naturally makes people more cautious. Um, You know, having a team of skin experts like dermatologists, cosmetic doctors, skin scientists, I mean, you know, we have over 60 people in our North Sydney office now. Uh, We have a growing team in China, in the UK, in the US. So it's a it's a it's an it's a huge operation um and then when you can a start commissioning your own studies is really exciting but what makes me even more excited is when you actually see independent studies done on your product um that aren't brand funded you know brand funded and i think it's important for brands to commission their own studies because otherwise what's in it for someone else to do a
0: So um, another thing I want to also go into is um, the product range, because I know you started with your Hero SKU, um, but then you went into a lot of different products today, obviously after many years. But uh, I still think and know that your, your main Hero product is your Vida Glow original like, sachets, right? The marine collagen sachets.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, yeah, tell us about that one and then a little bit about all the other products, too.
1: Yeah, so I, we started as a as a collagen brand. We started with one product, which was our original marine collagen, and then we we st- we decided to bring out different flavors with natural fruit flavoring. And then we started with new product development. I think what's really important for me today to get across is that VitaGlory is so much more than just a collagen brand. And I think the NPD lineup and where we're heading with our NPD is is really what we're passionate about and, and the future for Vita Glow. So being concern-led, I mean, sometimes we get excited about ingredients. Like today, someone from our innovation team at 5.30 um, came to my desk and said, look, we found this new ingredient and this was really, you know, like these new ingredients can sort of get the team excited, but usually it's a concern. And I think that Radiance, for example, which is a, a pigmentation product, is a really good example of how we approach a new product development there is pigmentation who is a universal concern for so many women i specifically suffered from pigmentation especially um in postpartum so melasma pigmentation and, and pigmentation can come from you know sun damage genetics hormones the contraceptive pill you know breastfeeding pregnancy and looking at how can we treat this concern it, can we treat this concern via an ingestible. How can that be done? What is the best delivery method? Is it a powder mechanism like mm. the collagen? Um, Antigeox, which is a, 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 a vegan, uh, and my husband hates it when I say this, but it's, think of it as a really potent multivitamin that has key ingredients. Its delivery method is an effervescent powder that you pour onto your tongue and it fizzes like a sherbet. Um, mm. And it is full of antioxidants, biotin, chromium, magnesium, really key ingredients for hair, skin and nails, but specifically for the three root causes of premature ageing, which is oxidative stress, uh, inflammation and glycation, so excess sugar molecules in the system. Um, Hairology, which is our uh, latest launch, which has been hugely successful targeting hair loss with a key ingredient called anagain, clinically studied to reduce hair loss by 34% within the first 28 days. Um, and and we will not release a new product without it being substantiated by quite robust clinical studies so the the process of of NPD and how far we've grown has has really expanded but we've made a lot of mistakes you know we we've brought products to market that we, we we've that didn't work, or we've brought yep. products to market that we were overexcited about, and so then there was just there's a lot to be said for too many eggs in your basket, you know. And actually, as the team grew, and as we got more people, and as we hired, well, and more conversations of like, actually, what is our lane? What do we want to hone in on? What do we want to focus on? And not getting distracted by um, noise or trends or following trends, and so. I think failure is really important, and I'm and I'm always saying that to the team. In that,
0: yeah.
1: it's okay that we fail. I mean, recently we did a, a clinical study on a on a on a product that we, you know, half the team were really excited about, half the team were not so sure. I was the latter half, and we did the study, and you know what? The results didn't stock up, stack up. And so, yeah. if it doesn't sort of tick those boxes, then we're not really going to compromise the integrity of the brand in order to bring out a product that might sound trendy but actually doesn't work and there's a lot of those i mean you would know there's a, there's a lot of those failures that happen and actually kieran said something in a meeting the other day and he, he said if you're not having failures then you're not pushing the boundaries enough and and i really
0: believe in that No, I, I thank you for saying that i think it's so important uh, and also being honest about you know a, recent failure, but a failure is a very subjective world, but you know what I mean, a recent thing that we're not necessarily, um, we didn't envision. I think it's very important to not lose integrity and also really use those kind of failures as ways to grow and learn and to better ourselves. So I think it's, uh, it's such an empowering thing once you learn how to, I guess, handle and deal with failures. Um, do you, I, I ask this question sometimes, do you sometimes even look forward to them because it's like ways to grow and, you know, do you sometimes like, how do you, now tackle failures when they come to your life?
1: Well, it's, you know, yeah, I don't know if I look forward to them. (laughs) I mean, the good thing is that you don't, you
0: don't don't (laughs)
1: want to make the same mistake twice. So you definitely learn from them. Um, sometimes, you know, they're pretty epic. Like when they cost a lot of money and you've like printed something with the wrong name on it, like if that's happened, like lots of, there's been so many examples. I mean, we'd, we'd need four hours just to go through them. And, but I think that it's progress not perfection right so you have to keep learning keep growing and you, you, everything is a learning curve i don't know if everything happens for a reason but everything is a learning curve and i and i think that that is really important because being in business is hard <laughs> as you know and and being it's there's it's i don't look forward to failures because i find that being in this business being the owner of this business it's, it's very personal to me. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, everything is personal. You know, this is my my sweat and tears, and this is everything to me. So much of my identity is tied to this brand. There's so much. There's so much that I've sacrificed. There's there's so much time away from my children. There's so much that goes into doing it, and and every day there's every founder knows this every day there's a new challenge or a new problem or a new hurdle. And then you add more people and the dynamics of managing people. And there's so much that goes into it. So I never look forward to a failure, but, but I, maybe in a way I'm grateful for them in hindsight
0: or acceptive of them. I really, I think that's a really good way to phrase it. Cause I sometimes say often, I look forward to them, but actually I actually don't think i do i think i lie i think i exactly (laughs) i'm grateful for them i think that's really important yeah even like change my mindset on that because i think yeah i don't no one wants them it's just more i'm i'm grateful for that the pros and that they can bring you into your life as well. Obviously the cons you want to avoid, but yeah, it's, it is a very important thing to look at. Mindset is so important. And I think mm. I love also, you mentioned your team, you know, how you also in, kind of influence and inspire the team around you because as a founder, it's very lonely if you think as a founder, but if you think as a team, it becomes mm. so much more rewarding, fulfilling, and, and of course less lonely. And we have to give all our learnings and vice versa as a family around us. Um, mm-hmm. So kind of like what, your team today, like how, how did it grow? How is like, how big is it? If you don't mind me asking, like how big is your family? I like to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think, you know, it, it, the team, so Claire, I, I, I keep forgetting that I'm like on a podcast. I'm naming yeah. people's names, but <laughs> our right. very first employee, Claire, I don't think she'll mind me saying this. I interviewed when we first, cause we worked from home. First of all, we, we first worked both our full-time jobs. And yep. then we made the decision that I would stop working at my full time job and work from home, but Kieran would continue so that we could pay our mortgage or rent or whatever it was at the time, and um, and and fund us um, and continue to you know to fund the business. And I would work from home, and then you know eventually we got our small office in Darlinghurst, and and I remember I'll never forget hiring our first staff member who I had to Google, you know, like what do you ask in an interview? <laughs> um, and and I look at it now and, you know, between creative and sales and marketing and finance and operations and logistics and technical and innovation, the new product development, oh my goodness, like it's, it's a beast in terms of, of the team. But You cannot underestimate the importance of your team. I think so often with businesses, we always hear the customer comes first. And obviously, you have to be customer-centric in order to be successful. But actually, your team comes first because Mm -hmm. they are the foundation. It's like building a house on sand, right? So it's really difficult to cultivate a good team, and it's not perfect, But we try, you know, we try really hard and I sleep well at night knowing that for the most part, we are trying to do the best that we can for every single person that comes into the office and is making sure that they have a positive experience working for this brand, that we have an open, you know, an open door policy. People can come to me, they can text me, they can call me, they can schedule a meeting with me, we can do a check-in, we, you know, you have to be available for your team and your team have to... Feel your passion, and they have to feel supported. You know, it's people say our oh, constructive criticism, but name one person who likes to be criticised. Like it's it goes against human nature. You know, we we like to be uplifted, and we like to be told that we're doing a great job, and and we have to use people to their strengths. You know, yep. um, and 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 find what what did what are they good at, what do they excel at, and and apologise when we've made a mistake. Um, learn when we've made mistakes and your your, your team is, is so important. And, and sometimes that's really hard because especially for me who has a personal relationship with so many of the people in my team, when you have to make business decisions, you know, um, as I'm sure you've had to make, um, that can be really hard because I am not very good at separating Anna from Vita Glow, from parenting, from my my personal family life that's not I mean maybe I will get better with experience that you know experience teaches us so much but it's not something I'm personally very good at and and that can be quite tricky as you grow nah,
0: it's so true but I think intent is exactly you know the thing I extrapolate the most from this is like trying is so powerful and honestly everyone around you can really Really tell if you're trying, and often when you think of when, let's say, employees are frustrated and they want to leave, or um, stakeholders are are not happy, it's often when they don't see the intent, right? It's when they get frustrated for there's no there's no change, there's no movement, it's the same old. So I think it's consistently reminding ourselves as founders of you know no matter where you are in your journey, day one to ten years in, you always need to try to, you know, to, to empower, better, improve. There's always things we can do and learn, especially as the team grows, because you'll have new, fresh blood into your, you know, into your family. And a lot of them, you know, as times have changed, you know, they might have not seen what you did in the past and, and what you, they might only see what you're going to do, right? And that's very mm-hmm. important that you, you live by example every day going forward. So I, I love that you said that, the try. Um, and it, I think it also puts less pressure on us as founders, you know, because it can yeah. be overwhelming, especially. Kind of looking at um, and me as well, having you know this podcast, speaking to too, so many founders, um, mm. it, it can be quite overwhelming sometimes. You know, I, I turn off the laptop after or turn off the, the podcast, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay." Like, I have to now build my company <laughs> and work with my team, and I get so yeah. inspired. But then I'm also getting a little bit like, um, "Oh, I could do that. I should do that." Like, I haven't done that for my team, but I yeah. think it's comparison overwhelming. is
1: the theme of joy, it's isn't it? So yeah. hard.
0: Yeah. How do it's you? I kind of would love to know, like, how do you, um, of course it's, it's natural to look left and right and even be inspired on the journey. And it's important. And, but how mm-hmm. do you sometimes tunnel vision to not get distracted by the noise around you? Cause you mentioned the noise.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I have to, it's my, it's a personality trait of mine. I think I take things personally. So, yeah. um, you know, I read a great book, the four agreements, and one of them is yeah. not to take things personally. And, um, and i have ever since i read that book years ago i it helped me a lot in in my in my life you know always do your best not to take things personally be impeccable with your word and and i and i look at that and i for me i just make decisions i don't follow the competition i don't follow their founders i don't listen to their podcasts i don't look at their websites and 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 in some ways that can be naive because you know at the end of the day competition is healthy <laughs> and i think when you're in, in an industry that is still growing and new and there's new brands popping up all the time, that can be really a difficult thing to grasp. But actually, if there isn't competition, then the, the, the category isn't growing. And that is actually not good for any of us. So yep. the way that I sort of stay in my lane is just ignorance is bliss, maybe. And I don't know if that's if that's the correct way to do it, but I have enough people in my team that yeah. are watching, that are observing, exactly. that are so for me to stay focused on what I'm doing, on what my messaging is, on how I want to come across. In order for me to be authentic, um, yeah. I, I need to, I need to, I need to do that for my for myself, and and that comes that comes with experience, you know. I mean, if I look at myself now versus, you know. 5 years ago even or 3 years ago you know it takes a long time i think especially as a as a woman speaking as a woman who's a mother who's had to take time to be with her children i've really learned not to be so impressionable you know and mm-hmm. not to 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 uh, Harvest more self-belief within myself that actually I started this business. This was my idea. We've cultivated this team. We did this product and and really honing in on that self-belief and, and, you know, not worrying too much about what people say or think or the advice that you get from people. Like, There's so much advice that I took on in the early years. From people that never started a business like mine, never, you know, like they Yeah, they might have a great business in communication or in media or in this or in that, but not one like mine. And that confidence, I think, comes with experience and takes time uh, to to nurture and, and to grow. And I've I've really had to, to learn that, and I'm still I'm still learning that. I mean, I, I think I'm learning every day more about myself and um, and what works for me. But I. I, I do take the approach a little bit of ignorance is bliss. I'm not saying that that's the correct way, but that is what your works way. for me. And, yeah.
0: and I think that's exactly it. It's it's knowing that whatever is right for you is is the correct way. Is is your way. There's it, no right and wrong, but it's just exactly that. It's you have to put yourself first in that. And if you know if you're noticing or you're you're thinking there is other benefits of the other way you can outsource that to your team or, you know, as you yeah. have other people around you that can fill those voids. So that's very exactly. important.
1: And, um, and you've got to be careful as well because, because it is so important to be aware that it is okay for them to do well and for me to do well and for you to do well. There is enough, you yeah. know, for us to do well. And when you are too engrossed, I think, in competition, you can get into uh, a mindset of imitating instead of mm-hmm. innovating
0: exactly.
1: and for me it's really important that I'm innovating
0: that is so, no and for me that's something that I'm going to take from this as well that I admit not imitating but innovating that is already like I can see that on a magnet that's amazing <laughs> so yeah <laughs> no. Uh, no that's really 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 mindful and sound advice for a lot of people um, and you know if you're noticing that by you looking at the competition you're imitating more than you're innovating maybe reduce that, you know, and find barriers yeah. to that. Because um we, we're told all these like top tip, top tips and this and that. And everything has its pros mm. and cons. But you have mm. to access a little bit like how are you really, you know, utilizing that and and what are you doing with that? So for example, if you are looking if you're listening to podcasts, et cetera, and you're writing notes and you're getting inspired. But are you actually getting inspired to imitate? Or are you getting inspired to innovate? You know, that is also mm. very mindful to acknowledge that, uh, because mm. sometimes we can, you know, use it in the, in perhaps not the, the most optimum way. So now I love that. I, I do want to ask because, um, it was on my mind before and if I, before I forget, um, ha- working with your, you know, your husband, Kieran, um, he's, <laughs> he's a CEO, correct? Um, he's a CEO. What is it like working with your loved one? Because obviously I work with my, my sister, a, di- a different form of love, but still my loved one. Um, yeah. Tell us, like, how do you find? Like, what is the balance between? I don't even like to say work and pleasure because it can be together, but you know what I mean. How does okay. it, how does it work? Yeah.
1: Okay, let's just two it's two separate questions, and I think they're both really important questions. Yes, because there's a lot of curiosity of working with my husband, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that one first, and I guess Perfect. the short answer of that one is that I don't know any different. Kieran and I started this business one year into our relationship, and we've been together for 10 years. And I would say, as we've grown, Akesh, it's actually become easier because now we have very different and defined roles. And and, and since that has become the case, it's actually become a lot easier. You know, in the beginning, when we were Like when he was like, I didn't know about, you know, that in your blog or what about this? Or when we were doing everything in the beginning together, it's, you kind of take things personally or you argue about things. Whereas now it's, it's completely, um, it's completely separate. He very much heads up the logistics, the finance, um, Side of the business, um, you know, operations. I mean, gosh, that's like a that's a beast that I I have no interest in. Really, like it's just, especially now in this post-pandemic world. And he really does that strategy, that side of the business. Whereas I work in sales, creative, um, you know, new product development, uh, marketing, and and I'm the the spokesperson on the face of the business, I suppose. And I really, really love the education. Peace, um, and and what's great about us having defined roles is that you know Kieran is my biggest cheerleader. We we mm-hmm. did a, an event for Harrods in London in in April, and he was in the audience watching me. And it's so amazing. what your husband like? He's there. He's looking at me, and he's 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 always behind the camera or in the audience. But he he wants me to have the limelight. You know, he he encourages me and believes in me in a way that I'm so grateful for. And his role is just as important as mine, but I would say that he maybe carries a little bit more of the stress (laughs) and, and that really helps me because I'm leading and organizing the household and the children. And we have three toddlers, you know, we had three children under three. So, you know, with with work, (laughs) he's never, he's, he's pushing me forward and encouraging me and he's supporting supportive of me. And I know that working together is not for everybody, but for us somehow it works. And, We work together, we live together, we raise children together, we travel together for work and for pleasure. There really is not a lot of space in our togetherness, um, but somehow it works, and we don't always agree. That's okay. I'm sure you don't agree with your sister all the time as well. Exactly. And, And we never really switch off. I mean, you know... In all of our downtime, we've just come back from overseas and in all of the downtime that we had, especially when the kids were in Kids Club, we were, you know, ideas of so much of what's happening for the rest of the year and into next year came from that time when we were together. So we're not good at separating the two. But again, it's all that we know.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. So beautifully said. Uh, And then I guess that was... The balance, the work-life balance. balance. Exactly,
1: second part. (laughs) You know, um, look, honestly, I'm... I'm not so sure that I have, that I'm not so sure that I've nailed that. You know, I would love to say yes, but if I use myself as an example, it's really tricky because it's my own business. I'm married to my business partner. I'm raising three small children, you know, and it's, we always seem to be on and there's so much that, Goes on behind the scenes of raising a family. You cannot underestimate how difficult it is for women to balance a career with motherhood. And for me, this is my personal greatest challenge. And I try. And be honest, whenever this comes up, because it is so easy to get caught up in people's highlight reels on social media. And, and on my social media, it's no different, you know, it's the highlight reel. But when shit hits the fan and all three mm-hmm. toddlers are screaming, or you know, I haven't slept in what feels like months, or like even today, you know, one child's home at sick with my mum, the other one was vomiting at school. So my I, you know, I had to run into a meeting, so I couldn't pick him up, so I had to call my mum. When all of these kinds of things happen. It's not my first reaction to pick up my phone and talk to the camera and share it or film it. And when this happens, if I ever do pick up my phone, it's to call my husband or, you know, my mum and have a big cry. The, the mm-hmm. demands of running a business and with three small children, recurrent miscarriages, pregnancies, travelling the world with b- newborns for work, you know, I've I've accepted that I can't do it all. And to be honest, that is not an easy thing to accept and it's not an easy It's not an easy thing to let go of, Akesh, because it's very personal. Mm. Everything in this business is very personal to me. And so much of my identity is tied in to this. And I clearly remember, you know, in the early days of having my first child and, and actually being like, I can't do this. I need to take some time off. And when I took some time off, having a bit of an identity crisis, because Kieran would come home or one of the team would call me about new decisions that were made that I wasn't across. And that that's a hard pill to swallow because I love being a mother. I've always wanted to be a mother. I was that little girl who took her doll everywhere and pushed her pram, you know, her toy pram, but I also love working. I love what I do and I love being the founder of this business. And there's still so much for me personally in my career that I want to achieve. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm just getting started. And, and I'm honest about this picture because I want to, to to for, for I want to paint the reality of what it's like. As a woman and I employ ninety two percent women, I want to be sure that I'm supporting these women and that I put in place, you know, really good support systems for them and we are supporting women in in, in business, and that's why you know we have an incredible maternity leave package that we've put in because of my personal experience. And I'm not so good at setting those boundaries for myself, but I want to make sure that I'm doing that for the team, especially when it comes to fertility, motherhood, mm-hmm. um, juggling that those things, those life experiences that are very personal to me.
0: Well, thank you for sharing and and also <laughs> you know, for, as you said, painting the reality. It's 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 exactly that. I think. Um, a lot of times when I go on a podcast when I you know interview podcasts or I hear podcasts or anything, even hear people it 's often like this picture perfect response and I think for me to hear that is so relatable because this is the reality of how um, a the balance is is impossible to master because there is no mastering of it because it 's the point of the whole thing is it 's meant to be everyday different and um, mm. and and you have to just you know we all have different. Situations and, and, and um, challenges that come to us when we least expect it or ongoing. But I think it's just about kind of being aware kind of uh spatially aware of everything that's around you reacting the best you can obviously relying on the loved ones around you too uh but at the same time just and help and help for (laughs) sure you know you know with your mom it's needs. yeah Yeah, nannies
1: my mom having a you know you have to be honest because I don't do it all and I don't want women to look at me and think oh she does it all because I don't you know
0: exactly And, and no that's and that's so 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 important um and I think uh Many people listening will just feel a sense of relief hearing this because I think often, um, there's a lot of pressure to be this picture perfect version of what's, this, what is actually impossible. And it's, it's kind of what we're conditioned yeah. to believe through social media because we showcase the best and we have these like very inspirational, like, you know, uh, reels and and quotes. Yeah, and, and you
1: know, it, it, Instagram is light and fluffy. You know, and it's I, light I, and fluffy. I kind of like. Sometimes I quite like that because it's like yeah. a bit of escapism. But it is. It's you not know, reality, and it's not my. It's yeah. not reality, but it's also not in my nature to get on the, on Instagram and have a big winch either. You know, like that's not that's. So I just try and and be as honest as I can, so that when these things come up, because I when I personally hear stories of like, I wake up at 5am every day and I have a glass of warm water and lemon and I meditate for 20 minutes. And then I'm like, really? Cause like I wake up in the morning and I'm like coffee. <laughs> and then I'm like running out the door, I'm running to a meeting or I'm like, or I'm getting the kids to school or I'm making school lunch boxes with that sort of realization that I've got another 20 years of making me school lunch boxes. And then you know, you're missing out on something like the kids had an open day for their first time at school after COVID and I couldn't go. So Kieran went and then, you know, because I was filming and then the guilt comes in. And I think we have to normalize these these conversations.
0: Yeah, it's, it's no, thank you. And, and it's so true. We have to. Um, and I think communicate with with people around you, others, but very kind of openly and and even a bit vulnerable in a way but you have to just be yeah. as authentic and real because that's when you bring out the the most useful advice and help you know if you're not yeah. really being vulnerable you can't really expect others to be back and also help in a way right that's very important it's
1: a great it's a great word i think there's so much Strength in vulnerability. vulnerability.
0: So much, so much. Um, but before we go into our kind of fire round questions, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about sustainability. Kind of making a complete three hundred and sixty, because I don't want to miss that because <laughs> it's a big, big part of Vita Glow, and I think it's something that I really want you to to voice on this platform. Um, so mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your kind of your sourcing. To your obviously, you have amazing kind of bioactive and, and bioavailable ingredients. But um, t- tell us a bit about all of that stuff.
1: Okay, so I'm really, when it comes to sustainability, I think the thing that's really interesting is the collagen side, you know, because anti-geox and um, hairology, uh, radiance, they're all vegan products. So we use, you know, premium ingredients and, and, and find actives. And I, I feel, you know, they're in glass bottles. We have the recyclable packaging. It's the collagen when it comes to sustainability is something that I, I think is interesting. And that's really important because we use fish collagen you know, and first of all, 75%, it's estimated that 75% of the total fish that we eat for food is discarded as waste in the form of skin, scales, bones, fins, heads, guts, you know, bladder during the processing. So we're reutilizing fish processing wastes for the production of collagen and collagen biomaterials. And that really is important for consumers to know. Our Collagen is sustainably sourced under the strict sustainability standards of the global GAP, the Aquaculture Stewardship Council, and the best practices, best agriculture practices. And these are three internationally recognized agencies that establish really stringent. Um, Guidelines, I suppose, to ensure that the suppliers are environmentally and socially responsible. So I think it's really important we touch on that. We use uh, fish skin, which is a byproduct of the food industry. Like I said, it would otherwise be discarded as waste, and and what we we're also using a range of uh, fish to complete the complex amino acid profiles, but also not to put too much pressure on one species. And our fish is sourced from open water farms in Europe. And that means that the soil is monitored. It means that the water is monitored. And it also means that the fish are 100% for human consumption. Everything that we eat is farmed. Our organic eggs are farmed. You know, um, Our our milk is farmed. Our cheese is farmed. Our vegetables are farmed. and And that is really important to note about that. And then the other big thing is during the rebranding process, we did evaluate all of the packaging um, options to find more sustainable solutions. So, you know, making the outer sleeve and making the products more, uh, making them completely recyclable and made from recyclable materials, um, and and then even little things like we have this plastic sleeve um, over the product to keep the integrity because it is a food-based product. So, the quality and the safety of the food is really important when you're packaging a food-based product. Um, you know, looking at always looking at ways of how we can change. So and and that has been something that has grown. You know, it's not it wasn't our Our in terms of packaging, it wasn't our first thought when we started this business. But as we Mm -hmm. grow, the importance of having these guidelines, the importance of having really honest conversations with the team when we're bringing new new products to market, the importance of using you know more expensive materials that are recyclable, you know using glass, um, printing you know directly on the grass as opposed to adding an extra label. All of these little details happen, and over time. And I think that as long as, uh, as I think if you're a new business and you're starting, I think having these things in conversations, in honest dialogues with you, your team, your manufacturers, yes. your suppliers is really important to have, um, these open dialogue conversations. And, and that is something that it's constant, um, constant progress that we are constantly working on. And I, and I, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud of the team. Um, You know, even like we've got a new product that we're bringing out and us having the conversations and we're talking about this actual product, um, the the bottle needs to be protected because of the type of mesh it is and it's all recyclable and then it was like, well, you need a – You need a secondary, you know, and then Mm. they're like, well, actually having a secondary is so wasteful. Do we really need to have a secondary on this? I mean, I understand for that one, but for this one, and then it's like, but it doesn't look as good on the shelf. And then, but does it matter if it doesn't look as good as the shelf? Like, are we going to be really wasteful in this product? You know, having these conversations with the team in, in just a development meeting that we had yesterday, for example, it makes me so proud of the way that the people in this business are thinking and the ideas and, and quite often the team come and present ideas to us of how we can be better, how we can, we can do better. And I'm, I encourage that and I'm, and, and I'm proud of that as we, as we all try, I think, to work towards more sustainable solutions.
0: No, no, exactly. And, and thanks for, again, I feel like you have so much wisdom for so many people, but I know that comes from a lot of experiences yourselves and, and learnings, but that's so, so, so important to kind of explain to um, anyone starting a business it's like you don't have to run before you walk like just step by step but at least just being open being sort of even I guess you could say you know communicate that even with your stakeholders your 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 team your 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 audience just and because make changes um, you know,
1: like if something exactly. isn't perfect at the start, it's okay to be like, actually we reevaluated yeah. this and we're going to do that. You know, yeah. and sometimes there's stepbacks, you know, like sometimes yeah. it's like, Well, this is you know, this is gonna be a more sustainable solution, but is this going to compromise the quality of the ingredient? Is that you know, so all of these things like the quality can't be compromised, you know, it has to go under rigorous testing. We have to test for quality, for purity. You've got to test like like even with our products, like every single batch of VitaGlow product, of any VitaGlow product that we do, is tested for microbiology stability, nutritional profile, toxins, heavy metals, and to make sure that everything you know is meets the quality and safety standards by not only Australian regulations, but we're in over fifty countries online, so we have to meet all of those international regulations. Um, And that includes ingredients as well uh, because every country is different. You know, the NIP and, and the back of the packs in some countries are different to others, so you've got to pick packaging differently for different regulations of different countries. So all of these things... Yeah like you said you don't have to run before you walk i think mm-hmm. if you it's okay to reevaluate and to make changes as you grow
0: exactly no thank you thank you so much for saying that and and, and even for me i'm taking notes mentally because i am on that initial first you know first 2 yeah. years of launching a brand and there's um now finally we've got kind of our production MPD a bit sorted we've got a good team i've now given a big task to one of my employees to kind of work on um, the whole kind of circular economy sustainability uh, and kind of we've got like a three year to five year plan of how we're going to start optimizing changing start, you know spending a bit more on certain more sustainable packaging and, and yeah. measuring carbon footprint and you know having mm. certain accountability as well some goals that we need to put to and abide by and i want to eventually share that very soon with our our kind of loyal customers because i also Mm -hmm. uh, i want them to see the journey that we're on it's very important
1: and and also i think um have, sitting down with your team. I mean, we've done this a few times and when I've done this, I have learned so much, you know, because these people that are in working in our office are the most incredible people. They are the top of their fields. They are like a wealth of knowledge. I learn so much from them every single day and actually sitting them in a room and asking them, like, what do you guys think? Or, you know, when you're aligning yourself with a philanthropic pursuit, what ones ring, you know, like w- what what is important to you? Like giving that sort of listening as opposed to telling I think can be really powerful and it's something that I, I really recommend to, to people in leadership to do is actually, yeah, to take that on board. And there are some things that Kieran and I are like, oh, you know, we really, not with sustainability but with other things that we're like, we really don't mm-hmm. want to do that. But then like we've come to the conclusion, it hasn't been announced but we're like, actually, no. This is what the team want. We really do need to have to do that, you know? And yep. and there's there's a lot of compromise with that because obviously for us it's like there's so much in it as as a business decisions, but actually there's a lot of give and take.
0: It's uh, no. It, uh, honestly, like uh, after this podcast, I'm gonna you're gonna hire me as your mentee I'm, you're gonna be my mentor because you're giving me so much inspiration. Um, oh, so call no, thank me you.
1: anytime, okay? I, I will.
0: <laughs> no, no, no uh, be careful what you say. No, but honestly, <laughs> I really, really appreciate all these um, very, very mindful, I don't, really, really mindful wisdom that you're giving. Um, that's I think uh, going to help a lot of people listening. But um, before now, before we go into kind of fire round questions. I do have a. It's a tough one because it's like you know the Desert Island question isn't from is, is isn't easy for many founders. Um, it's like choosing between their baby, but you know you know where it's heading. <laughs> I'm inviting you to a Founder Beauty Retreat, but unfortunately, Anna, you can only bring one Vita Glow product. So, what is your go-to?
1: Ah, uh, look, it's changed over the years. I've always been an original girl, but now mm-hmm. I would say my Desert Island product would be the Mango Marine Collagen. Oh, can
0: about it, yeah. It so, and perfect for the desert island, the mango. Mm, so
1: exactly. Perfect. Hopefully there's Amazing. water there that I can mix it into.
0: Yeah, yeah, there will be. We'll, we'll have a filter. decision. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, that's perfect. No, I love asking that question. If, everyone, if anyone wants to try a product, I'll put all the links in the bio as well, but maybe the mango one is your first go-to. Um, so fire round questions. So first thing that comes to your mind, the first question, is what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving right now?
1: Another, oh, you know what? I'm. I've, this is a new discovery. So, like, I mean, it's not that I've been living under a rock, but I had a makeup artist in London use Charlotte Tilbury products on me when she was doing my makeup. And I'm kind of like a massive fangirl. It's not only the products, but uh-huh. of Charlotte Tilbury herself. Yeah. I'm like, that's probably the one at the moment.
0: Amazing. Um, what's a guilty pleasure of yours?
1: It's chocolate. But, you know, I don't know if that's guilty. So, because, you know, chocolate is good. But one thing that I do, it's kind of gross, but I... I dip my chocolate into my tea so that it melts.
0: That's not and gross. Like... That's normal. Yeah, <laughs> it, it depends so what gross. tea, though. <laughs> I guess if it's like chamomile, like that
1: cab- might Chamomile not... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like what a... I do it with. Really?
0: Okay, I take it back. Okay, I'm going to try it. I was just thinking, <laughs> it's probably gross if it's chamomile. But you, you do know, it.
1: can I say okay, you guys in the UK have the best dairy milk chocolate? Because I think there's yeah, like do. no melting agents. Like our dairy milk chocolate does not taste that good. Like. I have mm. gone through my entire sash of English dairy milk chocolate and I cannot wait to get back to the UK in October and yeah. stock up. That's my first stop is getting well, fruit and nuts I love dairy a milk.
0: Of, um, uh, please, for you. yeah, we'll meet we and then that's my gift. when I
1: come. I'd love we'll to do it, we
0: have to do yeah. it. But also, actually, going back to the tea thing, that actually makes sense because you have loads of infused, like, earl uh, gray chocolate. You have uh, like, you know, mm. that actually makes sense as, as a flavor combination. It's so good when it's melted and melted. And like, too. when people
1: put chocolate in the fridge, like, I don't get that. I'm like, oh, no, no, cold no, no, no. chocolate it has been
0: melted. Weird. No, no, I put it in my yeah. it's, it's very good. Um, next question is what are you currently watching or reading?
1: Okay, so. Look, I'm currently watching, rewatching Seinfeld because, I mean, honestly, it is the greatest show on television. I, I'm, yeah, and and reading. Okay, so like, I'm one of those I read like four books at a time. People, yeah. you know, because every time, like, it, it depends on my mood. So, yeah, I'm I'm reading two books. I'm reading, uh, the Palace Papers, which is just. I mean, I'm a bit of a monarchist, so. Um, yeah, it's just really juicy, like escapism, the royal family, mm-hmm. really, really loving it. And then I'm also reading The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. Very cool.
0: Uh, I'll go check. I haven't heard of those two, so I'll go check them out. Thanks for the records. I don't
1: know if you're, you probably won't be into palace papers, but
0: you but know, definitely it's the the
1: yeah. no, guilty pleasure.
0: <laughs> I, I find with reading as well, like my i i surprise, it's like it's kind of like meme films at the same time i just surprise myself i, I enjoy all types of genres and types of books mm, um, me too. And, and i think sometimes it's just find the time but I, I have
1: it's the recently, time that's for that's me that's why thing. i read a few in yeah. you know because like if i'm in the mood where i just want to like zone out then i'll mm-hmm. read you know something like at the moment like I'll when i get home tonight and i just want to zone out after a big day i'll probably read the the palace papers but if I'm really like enthusiastic like inspirational mood that I'll read you know a book on quantum physics or the law of attraction or something like that and then that gets me really motivated so it yeah. depends on the mood
0: I think that's a really good idea actually to have a couple of books on, on kind of standby and then you can like pick yeah and choose. on holidays like a I had four
1: I love yeah. It. <laughs> that's actually
0: really good I might yeah. do that. That's a good idea. Um do you have like a favorite social media platform right now that you're using?
1: Look, I'm a dinosaur, cash, so I'm just going to say Instagram because like I don't like I mean I'm I am i am doing I'm a I'm a speaker for the Women's Summit at TikTok next week and I like my like I, I it takes me so long to learn these new apps I'm no, like I really am a dinosaur but,
0: but for, for, for next week you're going to say TikTok like, you're going to change the answer
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I'm going to be honest I'm going to yeah, talk I'm like guys it's embarrassing well, actually, <laughs> you know how bad
0: I am at TikTok <laughs> TikTok is, is one of those things where it's like I it took me a while to get into because I just knew I didn't really and I just didn't want to get into but then once you're in it it's actually pretty incredible well, I can't wait uh, to follow
1: you tonight and yeah. see all your videos. that's what I'll do I don't know no, ma- my TikTok like game a...
0: is rubbish like i, I I'm rubbish and Content you do not want it's to find. It's very there.
1: different, like it's very different <laughs> yeah. to Instagram. So I've got to learn to not treat it like Instagram. But I think social exactly. media is great, you know, and and we have to be in it, especially in 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 where we're playing. I guess especially in
0: the industry too. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um. So do you have a favorite quote or mantra that you go by?
1: Mm. My favorite quote is by Earl Nightingale, and it is that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, and. I really love that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal because in life we don't all want the same things and it means that anyone who's on course toward the fulfillment of a goal whatever that goal might be is successful. Yeah. And I really really like that.
0: No, that's a beautiful quote and and and, and also yeah it, I love how um, it also is tethered to, I think, your whole story and journey as well. So I really see that connection. Um, and my last question is, if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur right now, what would Anna be doing?
1: You know, I'd probably be a midwife. Mm. I'm like obsessed with births and birth stories. I mean, then most of the podcasts that I listen to is women's birth yeah. stories and having had births myself and I... Yeah, that's what I used to want to be when I was when I was young. I used to watch all those shows like One Born Every Minute and the documentaries yeah. of um, the business of being born and all these amazing documentaries and stories by you know Ina, Ina May Gaskin and reading her book. So I think I would probably be a midwife. It, it it fascinates me because as much as I wanted really natural births, I had very very medical births, the, the complete opposite of what I um, expected. So I find what an incredible job to bring babies into the world
0: no so true and uh well no that's been it's been such honestly an absolute pleasure and um you've inspired me greatly and I know you'll do the same with everyone listening but I would love for everyone to continue following you and your journey and obviously Vita Glow so where can everyone find you and your brand
1: so Vita Glow is just um beta underscore glow on instagram and TikTok and everything else and i'm anna lay and lay is l a h e y um it's an irish name but um you know australians are lazy so we changed the pronunciation <laughs> to things um yeah yeah i don't i don't know how it's inspiring how social media is but it's it's a it's a snippet into into my life
0: no and, and it's one that everyone should follow so i'll make sure to put all the links in the in the summary and in, in the sc- description box below and Anna, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll I'll see you with a hamper full of um, dairy. I know
1: I can't wait.
0: So uh, yeah, we're going to meet in wait. October, and uh, yeah. it's been absolutely such a such a pleasure. Thank you again.
1: Thank you so much. It has been been wonderful, and congratulations on everything that you're doing. You know, I think it's it's tre- tremendously inspiring, and I know how much work goes into it. I mean, not only having your business, but then running the podcast and how much preparation. So well done to you.
0: Thank you.